time for this. Listen in Fridays to the new feature Times Like This on Aro City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. Dowie, editor at Lux Times, is joining us in studio this morning. Hi, Dowie, how are you? Hey, Sam, I'm very well. Good, long time no see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be back. Good to have you back in studio. So, uh, lots going on in the local news. Uh, police searches financial companies in criminal investigation. This sounds exciting. That sounds exciting. It was exciting. Um, this is a story I could talk about for hours. We've been working on this a lot. Um, uh, it's about uh, an investment fund firm called uh, LFP1, okay. Luxembourg Fund Partners. Uh, very creative naming. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Roughly a hundred million euros uh, of uh, of money appeared out uh, disappeared from that fund uh, over the period 2012-2017, and there's lots of lawsuits of people trying to get their money back, uh, civil lawsuits, and we never knew what would happen. And then only recently, uh, in January, a judge came out and the, the people wanted some to transfer some of the money that was still left in the mm-hmm. fund. And she said, no, you can't move that money because it's part of a criminal investigation. That's the first time that we knew that um, uh, that the police was looking at this and that they suspected criminal activity. So we knew that and... Um, um, and uh, So was it a waiting thing? You were waiting for something to move, somebody to make a move and then... I think that just going... Well, we've, we've tried to find out what happened and we've sure. talked to... For, we did a big magazine piece. We did a big piece in the magazine. Um, we talked to pretty much anybody whose name was mentioned in those documents. You know, we spoke to people all over the world, really. Um, some, of the, some of whom were happy to talk to us. Others were not so happy to talk to us. And we couldn't, I mean, we're not detectives, we couldn't find out what happened, but it's clearly something went, went wrong. And, um, and, uh, and now uh, we heard uh, through the grapevine, and this later was confirmed by the prosecution, that there's actually been, uh, the police had been doing some searches in, uh, in a number of financial companies that had been helping out LFP1 doing its business. That doesn't necessarily mean that those companies are... Those companies themselves are not the subject of the search, but they sure. just had information that 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 gave uh, that that could catch could shed light on that uh, on that uh, on on that on that case, and that's why their uh, by their officers search one of the companies that was searched was Alta Domus, which is a quite well known name mm-hmm. in that in that industry. So, uh, um, well, so there you go. But it it, it it's kind of. So Luxembourg manages 5 trillion euros in funds from all over the world, right? right. And this is a 100 million euro fraud. So it's, it's a lot of money, but compared to 5 trillion, it's not a lot of money. And it's logical that there is fraud in, uh, in, in Luxembourg. But to me, what, to me, there's two questions that it raises. First of all, the clients of that money are not in Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. They, they're in Spain. We spoke to some of the clients who lost the money. They're in Spain or they're in Brazil and they're in Switzerland. And it just doesn't add the same political pressure on, on, on a thing like this happening in Luxembourg as it would when these people had lived in, in Luxembourg. Mm. You know, if it was Luxembourg people who'd lost their money, there'd be an out, political outcry about this. And there just isn't at the moment because those people are far away. This is an essential thing of the, of the whole sort of Luxembourg fund, fund model that we're just a back office here, which is kind of the machine room. Of, uh, of, of the European fund industry and the clients are elsewhere. It's sort of like it's always happened somewhere else. So is this investigation in some ways slightly performative? Is it kind of uh, look, look, you know, because 
trying to being seen to be on top of these things completely and, yeah. yeah completely i think it would if they if there was a headline one day luxembourg arrests four people for uh, for uh, for money that went missing i think that would that would be a very good moment uh, a good moment for the country of course also if you manage 5 trillion euros in assets your regulator needs to be uh, of an adequate size and mm-hmm. you know the, the regulators and the financial police here it's a small country you know uh, and it's just not uh, the, the the question is if if they really have the manpower to so uh, despite being a small country they have the workload of a much Precisely, they have. The, they have so. the, it's the largest yeah. fund management center in Europe, and it's the second largest in the world after the US. Mm. Well, the CSSF is a great institution, but it's not the SEC. Um, so um, I think that is. Uh, those are two of the sort of wider conclusions you can, uh, or questions you can start asking yourself yourself when you uh, when you read this story. Okay, interesting. Yeah, uh, LuxLeaks back in the news again. LuxLeaks was back in the news. Yeah, unbelievably. I hadn't expected that, but uh, there you go. So this, the journalist who first broke LuxLeaks... Uh, can we get a quick recap of, of what LuxLeaks LuxLeaks was um, broke, was a, was a large and, and I think traumatic event for Luxembourg. It broke the news in 2014, and it turned out that Luxembourg had, uh, had closed these uh, tailor-made deals with large multinationals so that they could come here to the country and they'd get a, uh, a, a favorable tax deal. So they'd have, they, you know, they told them, well, well, we'll lower your tax and, you know, your tax rate is only going to be X percent um, as long as you come to the country uh, and, and do your business here because it still generates a little bit of tax revenue for, for Luxembourg mm-hmm. and, that's why, and that's why Luxembourg was keen to do it. The tax deals were, uh, were, were, were secret. They were not public, uh, publicized. You couldn't see them. And... Um, and they were for, for large multinationals, well-known names. I think Apple, Pepsi, uh, Xerox, they were all, they were all in that file. Um, and then what happened is that there was a whistleblower at PwC who came out and t- started talking to a French journalist and, um, and started feeding him information about those tax deals. Um, and uh, and, and uh, the journalist, uh, and the journalist wrote, wrote about that. Um, and why? What was the issue then? Because because he, he ended up in court, right? Or was the leaker? They both ended up in court. Right. They were both charged with uh, stealing secret information. Um, uh, the the whistleblower. Well, he wasn't seen as a whistleblower then, but the guy who worked at PwC was convicted, and I think he was convicted to to, to jail time. Edouard Parrain, the journalist, was ultimately acquitted. Um, and people said that's scandalous because this guy is is a whistleblower. He's mm-hmm. y- yes, he's but that's what whistleblowers no. do. They publish secret information or hidden information because they know it's morally not right. So Luxembourg changed its whistleblower laws after that. It also um, uh, changed its tax laws after that. It was a big. It was a big. Uh, it was a big event. It was a big scandal mm-hmm. at the time in 2014. So it's back in the news now. It's and back it's in the news because André Parrain said uh, the, the, the house of the whistleblower was searched um, by the police. And Perrin, the journalist, said, no, he was my source. And I, uh, you cannot uh, search somebody's house because he's been the, uh, the source for a journalist. Um, and that was his argument. And the court now, but he lost the case, actually. 
last week because the the court in in Metz said well PwC already knew that he was the source because they had gone through his computer which a company can of course do they can look mm-hmm. into your computer and see and they could see that he was sending all these emails to Perrin and that he googled uh, he had googled how to how to avoid being adect- uh, detected like he was very oh, he was not very smart about it and so they already knew that he was the uh, the source for Perrin and mm-hmm. then the police searched his house so the court said well you know the house search wasn't to find out whether he was the search because they already knew that the ha- the, that was just to, to secure further evidence. Mm. Perrin is going to appeal this now. He's going to a higher court in France, and he's he's told us that if he if he loses that again, he'll go to the ECJ. So um, he 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 wants to, there's nothing for him to win other than it's a matter of principle. He just sure. wants to make sure that never that that companies never again use house searches, use the police to search somebody's house uh, in, in order to, uh, to detect um, uh, secret information. Actually, the names of the people that did the tax deals are Apple, Ikea and Pepsi, not the three I just mentioned. I need to correct that. Uh, you said that they, the, the laws changed in Luxembourg. Did, who, did, who did they change to protect? Um, these, the these secret, the these secret, uh, the whistleblower laws have become more. Uh, most you can't you can't get arre- uh, arrested anymore in Luxembourg if you uh, if you if you go to the press or if you if you go to the authorities because you see something that's not right in your company. If you see that there is that there is funny business happening mm-hmm. in your company, you you, you you can be seen as the whistleblower and you will be protected better. I can't think of any examples of that. So probably yes. the proofs. Of, Pudding is still in the eating, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, in principle, that should be better. And uh, these these sort of secretive or um, non-public tax deals with individual companies still exist, but there is far fewer of them. I mean, there used to be fifty or sixty each year, and now there's only one or two. Okay, so, cool. so those two things have changed. Uh, police been busy. They've been raiding banks, but also drugs raids. Yes, uh, that's a story I know far less about. That's just simple cocaine dealing, and there were uh, there were four arrests last week. Um, of, uh, there were drug dealers, drug dealers. Uh, four properties were seized. Five luxury cars were seized. Thirty thousand euros in cash was seized, and uh, um, uh, it, I think it's 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 part of a much wider European uh, thing that was going on. Uh, uh, there was a lot uh, to be done about uh, some uh, ve- really well uh, encrypted uh, messaging software called EncroChat uh, and SkyECC. So there's apparently the WhatsApps for criminals. Okay. I didn't know that. Didn't know. And um, police had been had managed to uh, to decrypt some of it, and they uh, and that led to a hu- huge wave of arrests uh, across Europe because they said they saw all these things. And uh, one this, of the more... Uh, I, someone sent me a, a link, JC actually sent me a link to this story because there was a, a server that was burnt down in Strasbourg that uh, actually knocked out our emails and our, and our streaming for a little while. All right. And he was saying that the, that was where all of the, that information was being stored and it, it, that, that was burnt down in an attempt to hide the information that was on that. Uh, okay, so you're so on the same that, server. That came from. Oh, that's uh, yeah. unfortunate. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the um, uh, interesting things, uh, as well, from that story is I think that uh, that these uh, drug gangs use the the, the 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 greater region, Luxembourg, France, Germany, 
as a as a sort of platform to shift drugs around because you know it, different it, it jurisdictions quite different quickly jurisdiction. and I, I I know both being in the Gar area I think we both know what, what we're talking about here so uh, an interesting story about the lobby register so this is where is, is it for former former government officials or just all government officials no this now is register? just uh, for for parliamentarians okay so um, parliamentarians need to decide about complex issues uh, telecoms regulation or whatever what have you and uh, and 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 of course they need to read up on these things and lobbyists uh, uh, see a chance there to uh, quote unquote inform parliamentarians and uh, I think lobbyists actually can play a useful role because they do they do provide real information but of course they always they have, always they talk, always have talk a, the an book angle. and um, there's nothing wrong with that it's an honourable profession I think but uh, it's good that it's also good that there is transparency and that if a parliamentarian talks about something you know which lobbyists he has seen he or she has seen okay. in the period leading up to that debate it's very strictly regulated in America you have, if you're a lobbyist firm you have to register as a lobbyist firm. Mm-hmm. Every parliamentarian there or every member of Congress there has to list who he meets and you can all see it online. And um, Well, and that makes sense. I mean, there's plenty of people who would, you know, if, if you're selling something, you have to say that it's, uh, you know, it's advertising or, you know, if you're promoting something, you have to say that it's advertising. If yeah, you're, exactly. you know, then w- w- why should that be any different for parliamentarians? There's no, uh, but we can't, we don't know who parliamentarians meet, who they speak to. There's no, there is no lobby register in mm. Luxembourg. Belgium has one. Uh, Luxembourg is not. Uh, a group of countries against corruption uh, has uh, urged Luxembourg to set it up. Uh, and uh, Sven Clement from the Pirate Party, who is very active on the transparency front, uh, has now proposed that it will be introduced in uh, in Luxembourg. It's only a very tentative first step but uh, we thought it was interesting because we've been looking into all these things about transparency which we've talked about mm. a lot um, and it and it and it goes back to sort of like things that 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 don't really seem to have uh, clear rules for them such as the status of the monarchy the, the lack of a freedom of information act uh, uh, not enough resources to prosecute uh, crime and uh, and also frankly uh, quite uh, a uh, parliament that can uh, sometimes be uh, quite uh, in, inactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it wouldn't be a Times Like These segment these days without uh, a mention of Corona. All right. Well, uh, Corona, the numbers... <laughs> what do you want me to say about it? Uh, the, the numbers... The terraces are going to be reopening. Sure. Although you have to socially distance. And uh, my, pizza, my pizza guy was complaining that he could only let five people onto his terrace. And I said, Is it well, worth it? Or? Yeah, he was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> He's, he's, been a, he's been a great support throughout the pandemic because he's always open and uh, <laughs> we can always have a moan together. And uh, and uh, I thought, yeah, I can see Bettel says it's a symbolic gesture, but I think uh, the numbers are going up. Uh, last, week, last week there was a 7% increase in, in infections. Uh, vaccinations were down by 20%. Uh, there's more uh, infectious strains uh, coming uh, rapidly taking over more people in hospitals so uh, France is going into a very harsh lockdown again so I don't know I don't know how long it will last and uh, I just wish they they, they ramped up the vaccination and uh, and uh, focused on that rather than uh, on on these uh, what Bettel himself has said is a, symbol, is, is a symbolic gesture yeah. to, to give 
people a, a bit of a better feeling. Anyway, I, I read it's going to snow as well next week, so there you go. So, yeah, perfect timing, just uh, <laughs> as they all open up. Do you know so, what I'm saying? I do. So what, what, do, what do you think? Is, is this, like, what, what's the feedback that you've gotten from Horeskin people in that industry? You know, even, even anecdotal. Well, what I've got is that it's, it's, it's you know, sim, doing it symbolically is, is all well and good, but it doesn't help. No, I, I think so. I mean, some people said maybe it's good because now people don't feel the need to uh, to have secret parties in their homes in Umingor if they can see each other on a terrace, but uh, the terraces have to close in the evening. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's going to be alleviating things a whole lot. Uh, um... um I haven't. I have. We haven't heard much other than anecdotal evidence. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I think. I think it's. I mean, the vaccination campaign is going to be over in September anyway, right? So yes, I can see the need for a symbolic gesture, but uh, it, it goes against the grain of what other countries are doing. Sure. So. I mean, September is. You know, it doesn't sound like that far away. Seven months away. It's quite a while. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Personally, I need a solution quicker than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything that you're working on that we should be keeping an eye on? Um, uh, well, we're very busy with our next ma- next magazine, mm-hmm. so we're going to look at uh, at uh, the demographic makeup of uh, of Luxembourg's working population. You know, how many Luxembourgers work for the government? Uh, how many uh, foreigners work in expat positions? How many foreigners work in poor pay jobs, like in healthcare? How many cross border workers? And we're going to try to paint a picture of that whole thing. Um, we have a, a fantastic story in the in the magazine about how there was talk in the 1950s about a federal enclave in Luxembourg. So it was going to be a sort of Luxembourg DC on the Kirchberg, where they would have a piece of land, and that's where all the European institutions were going to be. And that was like the shining wow. city on the hill in Europe. That was f- actual the only federal land in Europe. And uh, it was a beautiful dream, but it never happened. So, <laughs> Interesting. Very good. Well, check out luxtimes.lu for all of the uh, news stories. And, uh, well, we'll hear more about that magazine when it's released next time. Dowie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sam. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.